Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Graham. Welcome to a classic big interview. Today, join me. We're going back to season 2015-2016. This is what I had to say about it back then. Living in Spain, working in football, you tend to speak to Spanish footballers about football. And if you do, what they'll say is that Two of the greatest passers that they've seen, two who could fit straight into any top La Liga team, any Champions League winning team from Spain, into La Roja. Paul Scholes, obviously, and Michael Carrick. They always say, well, who says it? Xavi does. Iniesta does. Xavi Alonso does. They should know. So we thought, let's speak to Michael Carrick. And when we did, he arrived at Manchester United's far-flung countryside Carrington training ground, opened the door, strode in, all six foot two of them, filling the room. Thanks for having me, he said. I knew we were in. What a guy. I asked about the difference between Manuel Petit and Patrick Vieira, and Michael thought about it, thought about it, and then answered brilliantly. Then finally, one of the highlights of the big interview for all of us who produced it, Martin, Neil, and I. I asked Michael to go back to Moscow in his mind. And to talk through one of the things I'd always wanted to do if I'd ever made a professional footballer, what you want is a Champions League final. What do you mean you don't want a Champions League final in the rain in Moscow, balanced on penalties against a Premier League opponent? You don't. Well, I do. So I asked Michael what it was like. And believe me, listen, when he's telling us about it, he is back there. You will feel like you're speaking Russian, your hair is plastered to your skull with the rain, and that the world is on your shoulders and you don't already know that John Terry's going to slip and miss. Enjoy this one. We did. One of the things I mentioned there was Champions League finals, and I, I don't really want to go into the losing ones at all, but sure, I, you won't I, do, I do have it strikes again. <laughs> I do want to... That was 8 one there. I do want to get your appreciation of some of the guys that you've played against who play in at least similar roles to you because in the past you've spoken really eloquently about maybe having grown up not necessarily being the guy who wanted to put the big tackle in or go face to face or chest to chest or whatever maybe there's things that Roy would always do so well Mm. but once you had to do them quite enjoying them Mm. and you share a view I've got which is that the art of the tackle is kind of 
being stamped out of the game, which is yeah. just horrendously yeah. disappointing. I saw a company a couple of seasons ago sent off at Manchester City for a brilliant tackle. I was furious. And I got a big row on Twitter. And, and tackling can't be allowed to die, can't. But once we've established that you were able to do those things, you were also able to do the things that, that we all go crazy about when we see Xavi or Busquets or Perlo. Tell me about some of the ones you appreciate. Like, and if you don't mind, can we start with Busquets? What's it like to play against him? And what is it that you appreciate that he does so well that so few people inside and outside the game properly understand? Yeah, no, obviously I'm a huge fan of him. Um, if, you, if you look at him, he just makes the game look so simple, so easy. He doesn't really do any eye-catching, 40, 50, 60-odd passes. He, um, but it's gone back to the bravery thing before. He doesn't really go flying into tackles. He, you know, he's, he's not really an aggressive player. But he's just, he's just got that knack of, of getting the ball in, in any part of the pitch, keeping the ball, and generally takes one or two touches, moves the ball on. Which again looks quite simple, and you think, oh, he's, what's, he do, what's he doing with the ball? But put yourself in that position, everything's flying around you 100 miles an hour. Mm. He gets on the ball and he pops it off, and he, his awareness of space and his awareness of the opposition and manoeuvring the ball to give himself time and positioning himself to give himself time is, you know, to real art and someone that I can appreciate an awful lot. I guess in the majority of games against him, you haven't been able to pick yourself close one-on-one. It's, you're almost like a, well, not really a mirror each image other, yeah. of each other, aren't you? Yeah. So is it frustrating to be that close and not be able to close it or to just to suffer it? What's it like when you play against him? No, it's not frustrating because, you know, that's just, that's just how it is. It's just um, sometimes too big of a distance and tactics, you know, they dictate how, you know, where you can go, where you can't go. But, um, yeah, I just think he's... His courage and his, his sort of his self-belief to just keep getting on the ball and keep playing. And then when he loses it, you see the reaction of not just him, but the players around him of, of pressing the ball to get it back mm. quick. So, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm a big admirer of him. I suppose for all the gifted, gifted footballers you've played with, you maybe wouldn't swap one of them. But if you're Busquets and you've regularly played with Iniesta and Xavi on either side... For a player in that position, in your position, what does it give you when you've got guys of that genius around you? Do you self-sacrifice to say, not only am I going to choose the right option, but I'm going to let them play because that's good for the team? Oh, 100% me. For me, yeah, 100%. I mean, I got, I got a lot of stick in my early time here. When I first came, for passing, for passing the Scalzi too much. And I wasn't playing my game and I wasn't saying what I was doing for Tottenham and I was probably the, the player that was on the ball the most and trying to create things and trying to, you know play more imaginative passes maybe or risky passes and longer passes and stuff but I got United and I had Scalzi next to me why wouldn't you use Scalzi <laughs> yeah people were saying that I was taking an easy option and giving it to Scalzi but <laughs> why wouldn't you give it to Paul Scholes if you can give it to Paul Scholes and so that's the way I see it I was trying to bring up the, you know give it to Scalzi and it was, that was best for the team of course yeah, it wasn't just about me giving it to Scalzi all the time but I think I had that appreciation that you know his, what he wanted and his strengths and that's how I saw it it wasn't a case of I've got to step up and be something else because I'm to overshadow them because I'm playing with great players it was a case of I'm stepping into this team to try and make the team better and by that I wanted to play to their strengths Well I'm going to embarrass you a little bit not deliberately but we've all got egos so it's a very easy decision to say well you know for a couple of times I want to keep the ball and try and do something with yeah. it because we like the approval yeah. of but also it takes, it takes what you talked about earlier about all about Rio yourself but thinking enough to analyse and know what the team needs so you can say well 
if I'm going to give it to whoever it might be, whether it's Roy or whether it's schools or gigs or whoever's around in that instance, it's because I'm making a choice for the team. You have to think about that choice because you're certainly not giving it away because you don't want it. You, mm. you actually, in your case, I bet you, you wanted to use the bit more. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, yeah, everyone would love to do something, grab the headlines and not so much grab the headlines, but do something you know really special, win the game for the team mm. and for the lads, you know, and, and do something like that. But for me, that that was my feeling of this is the best way to do it. I had Cristiano on the right and I had Wayne in front of me and Scalzi next to me, sort of the position we played that year. So, yeah, give the ball to them as much as possible. Which of the guys that you played against in your early days who, not the dinosaurs, but the beasts, the guys who could really, really mix it and you had to be so strong and brave to go up against, could, could also make the transfer if you could click a switch and change their era? Because I presume you played against Roy... Several against, times, yeah, played against Vieira, very, very, yeah. very early in your career. It's funny actually. Talking about that, one of my friends just put a picture on. Uh, I think it was Instagram the other day of a team sheet from May two thousand. It was Arsenal against West Ham. There was a few names on that, like Tony cool. Adams, Lee Dixon, Vieira played, Ray Parler, Petit was on the bench. Must have been rested. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that that made me think a little bit. I thought, yeah. That was, it was almost a different beat it's of quite player. early in your career isn't that it was, I think that was about the second or third game for West Ham yeah Whoa. Overmars was playing Carno was playing Bergkamp a few years ago now, what that. came with him did they end with the makers players that lot yeah, what an 11 that yeah, is bad, is think it? of the skill and the grit but, and the... but it made me think you know like like you say Vieira and Petit that, that centre midfield for Arsenal was um, you know they could do a bit of everything couldn't mm-hmm. they you, would, you couldn't really class them as a where now in midfielders throughout the world I think you almost get classed are you defensive are you, are you attacking are you slightly a, bit, a wide midfielder you know you come into categories really where then it was just, can you do the lot do everything and like you say Keane Vieira they were the two really probably standouts that, uh, what was different between them because I remember I remember when I was still reporting in England before I moved to Spain Remember Sir Alex coming out and very clearly saying, before it became evident, before Petit's form maybe dipped and he went to Barcelona, it didn't happen, how strongly he saw Vieira as an all-round leader, athlete, footballer ahead of Petit. At a time when, for my dull eyes, the gap was much, much narrower. Mm -hmm. From watching them and from playing against them, what were the differences in their two games? Um, That's a tough one, really. Made me think now, aren't you? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm genuinely yeah, intrigued. No, I know yeah. it's a long time ago. I just remember Petit used to love the little dink over the top, didn't he? He was either over Mars or Lundberg just making that little diagonal run, and he had that little ball. Maybe he had a bit more finesse than Vieira, maybe, mm. in term, um, for that. But you look at Vieira, he could, he could pretty much do, do the lot, mm-hmm. I think. Score goals, make goals. But yeah, that one thing that does stand out with Petit was just that little dink with a bit of backspin and he'd mm-hmm. just be dinking it over the top for, for them running through. And he, he sort of had that bit of class about him. And Vieira was just almost horrible to play against that stage. You know, he was he was aggressive when he was he was fiery, he was leggy. So, you know, this leg appeared from nowhere. Wiry type, you know. He, he, yeah, he was just awkward, wasn't he? Horrible to play against and... When I say horrible, I don't mean horrible. No, no. You didn't enjoy it. I mean it was yeah. it was tough. You know, this, it was real tough. This is the reason that Sir Alec would always say that you know when you went down to the Arsenal those days, yeah, you had to be prepared for a sports version of a little war. Yeah, not a war, but everybody had to be not just on their game and fit, but at it yeah, mentally yeah, as well. Otherwise, you could be in, 
one could be intimidated. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I mean, as a pair, they sort of complement each yeah, other fantastic, didn't they, together. I think um, if you look at sort of Roy Keane, he had the sort of the burst through the middle. He would just drive through the middle of the pitch mm. a lot of the time without the ball and, and arrive in the box and seen so many times where he'd play a one-two and he'd, just, he'd play the ball and he'd just keep driving through and he'd end up getting on the end of it. Mm. He had that way, probably the other two maybe didn't have that so much. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably tough to choose. I mean, what, obviously speaking to the boys here and, and sort of what Roy brought to the team, not just his actual attributes or what he had, but he's sort of, it's just his leadership and how he dragged the team through certain situations or pretty much on his own. You know, that's something pretty special. I think we've got a manager like Sir Alex and you've got a captain like him. You're going to have to be pretty scared to bring a bad performance into the dressing room, Because <laughs> you know you may not escape with, your, with all your limbs intact. Yeah, it's a tough school. It's a tough school. You made me laugh because you, you remind me that Manuel Petit, when, when I was still reporting in Scotland, Walter Smith was a ranger manager and he, he's, he's very frank about his scouting trips and whatever. And he, he went down to Monte Carlo to sign Petit from Monaco and everything was suit where the club were up for it. It was a good fee in those days. Trouble was nobody had told uh, Petit, and um, when he heard, without Walter's knowledge, that Rangers' deal was about to be accepted, he, he manufactured a big old um, dentist appointment. And at some stage, an urgent phone call took place between Manuel Petit and Arsene Wenger. And um, before Rangers could do the deal, Arsenal came in and signed oh, him. Right, so yeah? <laughs> Walter Smith missed out on yeah. Emmanuel Petit because of uh, fake yeah. teeth problems. S- such, such, such is the transfer market. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm far from want to chase you out of the room, but if you're very tolerant, because I have already asked you about this before, but it fascinates me, Moscow. The idea of two English clubs, Manchester United, yearning to do what Sir Alex Ferguson said, that under his reign is probably his biggest regret, which is not wanting the Champions League more for, not for him, but for, he said, this club mm-hmm. should have more. We should be yeah. up with Milan, we should be up with Bayern Munich. You've got to, and it's an English club, and it's in Roman Abramovich's kind of domain. As an experience, that must have been pretty weird, having a Premier League game in Moscow, in the rain, with all the tension and the penalties. What are the things, apart from lifting the cup, that stand out to you from the build-up, getting out there, on your, what's on your mind, what your goal on the day is, your personal objective about how you want to play and what you want to produce? Well, when it was Chelsea, the first thing that... Um that I was thinking about we, we, we lost to them in the FA Cup the year before Drogba um, no? Drogba yeah last minute of near enough the last minute of extra mm. time was late on in the game and it um, wasn't a good game didn't really play that well and we had won the league and I said to myself after that game whether we lost the edge or not because we had won the league and we enjoyed winning the league and so the next year after, after winning the league celebrated winning the league but I was sort of telling myself I almost trained harder put more effort in and trained harder once we won the league for the final instead of maybe the year before it was more of we'll get ready for the final we'll relax a bit we'll, you know and I was determined not to make the same mistake if you like mm-hmm. so that was my first thought and then yeah getting to Moscow the build up to Moscow and, and everything that surrounded it was, was obviously was, was huge but never really let myself get too carried away with it if you, and yeah it, get, I remember getting to training the night before at the stadium and Bags of energy, loads of enthusiasm, you know, excited to be there. But at the same time, it, it felt quite comfortable. It didn't feel like we were... Yeah, didn't feel maybe how you'd expect it to feel. And you might think, oh, this is big. And 
tension like they talked about earlier mm-hmm. on and all that type of stuff. It felt quite quite normal almost. And that's I think that's down to the manager and how he makes you feel. And he went through the normal routine, you know, done a bit of crossing and finishing, a quick little game back to the hotel and. And then that was that was the longest, you know, it's a long day building up to that final. It's, it's a long day, but even then, it, it, as big as it felt, it was more. I was more going back to the year before and thinking, that's not going to happen again. You know, mm. that's not going to happen again. So that was my main thought. It wasn't so much of we need to win this. You know, if we lose, this is going to happen. And, and the whole scenario with everything that surrounded it, it was more of a case of I lost. It. We we got beat off them in the cup final last year. And this is what happened. I can do that better. This and that. And, that was really my main focus going into the game. Pouring of rain. Does that yeah, distract or tire you or cool you? I've um, always wondered what that... I mean, in a big game. Yeah, we we kind of get um, used to it here, but... I think it's quite nice sometimes playing in the rain. Um, but yeah, by the time you're going into the you know, late doors, 120th minutes, you've pretty much got nothing left. You're yeah. pretty much gone, you know. I mean, a final like that, by that stage, you yeah, you're never really going to have much left. But um, and it was a, it was quite an up and down game. From first half, we came out, we were we were brilliant. First half, absolutely brilliant. We could have been probably two or three up, and it would have been quite fair. And then they scored right before half time. On that, I, I'm not being pertinent because I know Frank reasonably well. But you initially grew up with Frank. Yeah. Could you allow yourself to be aware of the emotion of that moment from given that you know his his he dedicated the goal to his mum. Yeah. He'd recently died. Did, did, can yeah. that enter in chat or at that time? I'm totally honest. No. Yeah. At that time, That's what I imagine the answer yeah, is. Yeah, no, I didn't at that time. Um, yeah, obviously, it's, you know, the bigger picture outside of it. Then yeah, it means you know. an awful lot more than that. But at that at that stage, no, it was solely about that game. Because you literally got it to be focused on. Yeah, it was all. About, it was all about that game. Uh, it was all about. Um, my first thought was what could I have done because Frank was pretty much my man but in the end you know, I was took a deflection it's gone yeah. to him it was one of them things it wasn't really much I could do but that was my first reaction you know what could I have done but um, but yeah the first half it went great felt really calm really fine confident I thought we were playing some really good football controlled the game and um, yeah that goal before half time changed, changed the game they had probably the better the second half um, some chances and as the game's going on it's getting towards the end it's I just what myself don't you know keep pushing keep be, keep believing which as a club as a team we always done and we always stay positive and even in even in the moments when we were under pressure and stuff like that, I never really sometimes sometimes in games you just feel like you, you're not going to lose you know and sometimes you get that feeling without wanting to get that feeling that you think it's just some, something's not right today but that just didn't really enter my head and I think they hit the post I think they hit the crossbar and even then it was, I was still thinking you know we'll win this keep going and, um, and then obviously got to the end and it was penalties and uh, looking back I've, after the game I was, I was proud that, I've actually, that I'd put myself forward and um, penalties is a horrible thing to, to do but I was, I, was, I was sort of pleased straight away I said I'm taking one this, I'm not I'm not I don't want to shy away from it. I don't want to look back and think I wish I'd have taken one. Um, and so I was 100. I was taking a penalty, and it was horrible, horrible, horrible. <laughs> I, I was trying to put you in a good place with this <laughs> question. Horrible. I, 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 I'm just trying to go through the night as it happened, but I, and it's was, flooding like, in. That was the, 
Yeah, that's. Can the I worst tell you, you're not alone in the World Cup final where I was? I was working. I was lucky enough to know the players reasonably well, and PK said after having won the World Cup and burst into tears with his mum at the touchline, he admitted without a second's hesitation about 20 minutes after the final. He said, my knees were knocking. He said, my legs went at the prospect of penalties. Yeah. So I was praying that we get a goal before the penalties because he said, it's just legs went to complete yeah. jelly at the prospect Yeah, Hor- Horrible for you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I remember Drogba getting sent off pretty much five minutes before the end of the game start thinking it's could got penalties now and telling myself to be positive about it you know not it's easy to think oh no penalties mm-hmm. you know what can happen here this can happen this can happen so I was consciously t- trying to get myself into a frame of mind of right you're going to take a penalty this is what you're going to do you're going to score don't worry about it this is it so that was what a few minutes to go and so I was ready for it it wasn't it wasn't a nice feeling because Thoughts keep them in your mind, you know. The walk. Um, the walk, so I took the... Carlos scored his. I took the second penalty. And I was just I remember putting the ball... I, I ran up there. I jogged up there because I thought, oh, it's too far. It's too long, too long to wait if you walk. So <laughs> get this done as quick as I can and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've had a jog up, put the ball on the spot. Peter Cech looked massive in the goal. He must have filled that massive, goal. Yeah. I remember constantly going, you're just training now, this is training. Took plenty of penalties in training, this is what you're going to do, no problem. I can picture it now, Tony, I can yes. picture that sort of, that time and I thought, yeah, this is it now, penalty. Hopefully it goes the wrong way, <laughs> that would help. <laughs> and that was it, yeah, that's, that was my thought, I'm just training here, forget about everything else. This is what you do in training. Thankfully for me it went in and you go back and you just, you're hoping for all the boys. The, the relief's huge. The relief, that feeling, the instant feeling you get, even though it's not over, just to think that's, I've, I've done what I've had to do. Which was know? predominant, the feeling of successfully putting in the net, the feeling of not having let anybody down. 
including yourself? Yeah, I think it's I think it's more of, of the lads for starters, leaving the boys on the halfway line. You're going up there, you know, for them basically. First and foremost for the lads, and then obviously it extends from that. And it was at our end of the ground with all our fans as well. First and foremost, I think it's for the boys to know that you've done everything you can to help. And then we got, I remember getting back to the halfway line, and obviously Ronaldo missed. And I was watching them all, and then um, it wasn't going well <laughs> <laughs> at that stage. We were, um, yeah, that was it. We were going out. Well, I say we were going out. We, we lost. We had lost basically. And obviously JT was was woken up, and I thought something's got to change here. We're going out. I thought I'm not going to look now. So I looked at the floor for the first time. I didn't watch a penalty. And I remember I had my arms, my arms. I think it was Real. I think over his shoulders and someone else. And looking down at the floor, I've got, got a picture in the house about it. And obviously JT missed, and I didn't look at any penalty after that. And then that was it. Obviously, Ronaldo missed, and I've said I've said it before. But that feeling once, once he missed a pen, and just the elation and the emotion that I went through was, I could could never possibly go through that feeling again. Even if I won it again, I don't think I, I could ever replicate that feeling. It was just, um, it was incredible. I mean, I got a little thing in the house where it's five or six photos of. The, the lads in the halfway line in the line and sort of me with my head down and then obviously the reaction of the boys when they realised and, and I was obviously last to react because they just gone off and left me and I was still with my arms in the air so the lads just still on the shoulders yeah. one for all forget it man it's... and uh, obviously the lads have burst off sprinted down towards Edwin and I've sprinted down screaming arms everywhere just everyone's piling on the pitch jumping on everyone and like I've probably lasted about, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute maybe, where you're all going crazy. And, I, and I, I remember a minute now, I've walked towards the side and our families were standing at the side. And I remember that feeling, I just, I was finished. I didn't know whether, I was a wreck. I didn't know whether to to keep shouting, to, to laugh. And for the first time probably in my life, to have that feeling of, on a football fit, to cry. Mm-hmm. didn't know whether to cry or not. And not that I didn't know when, I almost felt like I could cry, I could do anything. I was just, in a, I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, I think it was just pure exhaustion for starters and then obviously just everything. That's, you've just had the biggest rush of my life to, and then it's just quickly come down and I was standing there thinking, what's going on here? Yeah, I just felt I could lie on the floor and just fall asleep. <laughs> I felt I just felt wrecked. And then um, obviously that, for a few seconds, that was, felt like ages, but it was probably about five seconds. And then, and then that was it. And, you know, you go back to the boys and gather your thoughts and celebrate with everyone but um, it was a mad feeling two really remarkable insights for me as a listener and I asked because I wanted to know you hear sportsmen and women talking about the power of positive thinking a lot but to be able to put in reins that night the way you did and say it's training I'm going to score before the final whistle maybe it's only had a 80% influence in your score because your technique mm. is probably maybe the maybe a bigger than 80% influencing it going in and maybe fate's in there too I don't know I'm beginning to believe in that the more I listen to guys and their stories but power positive thinking and and what emotion can do to you in terms of the way you behave when victory's taken away from you when knowing how to cope with victory I think can be quite difficult particularly when if you've got family there or if it's been something you've been yearning after Mm. for so long and I remember watching the manager's face as he he was wearing that white tracksuit and and his hair plastered over he kind of just bounded down the stairs as if, I knew we were going to win this one, because he's had desperate nights before, but he looked as if, I've seen this all before, he looked as if emotion wasn't washing over him 
at all. And that, on the night, I was like, he's got many pairs, but did he know this was going to yeah. happen? Was, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's not that good, is he? <laughs> he can't be that good. <laughs> he can't be. He can't be. Maybe the, the way to finish is that I know the, way in, the exact way in which you could feel all that again and go through all that again. Yeah. Which would be driving a red Ferrari through the winning tape with a checkered flag going down, say, Monte Carlo, for example. No, I'm not far wrong, am I? No, you're not far wrong. That would no. do it, wouldn't it? That would do me, yeah. Am I right in thinking that had people not got in your way and made you play this stupid game, probably we'd be talking about another world champion for Britain in oh, without Michael doubt, Carrick. Yeah. Without doubt, yeah. Without doubt, easier. See, <laughs> you're pretending to joke now. I, um, I, I didn't really actually get into that until... But it is a passion. Yeah. Oh, I love it, yeah. Absolutely love Formula One, yeah. I enjoy motor racing, I enjoy the bikes, but Formula One for me is yeah, just something that I've... What, what, what's the so you speak to somebody who's never had a driving licence so I, I, like, I like I like the whole thing in terms of it's a big uh, it's about entertaining isn't it it's a whole show basically <laughs> but uh, the, the closer I've got to it and it's got to speak to people and got friends who sort of work in it just appreciating the skill levels of the team for starters to, to actually build a car to get the car on track the work they do through the weekend at, at Grand Prix and seeing that sort of with your own eyes is just is incredible but the drivers, what they have to go through and the, the consistency of them and just the, the mindset and everything is just something that I really, really appreciate. It's very... I mean, OK, there's a team behind you and there are how many in the grid? I don't know, 20? 20, 22, was it? 22, 24, yeah. But at the top of most seasons, it's very, and at the top of most races, it's very one-on-one, isn't it? Yeah. It's very kind of me and you. Yeah, massive. Well, you look the last, you know, over the last couple of years, sort of Hamilton and Rosberg in the same team they've been going at it and you know obviously Hamilton's pipped him over the last couple of years but um, you say you're in the same team but you're sharing the same information but you're going against each other and as much as the team says you know they've won the Constructors Championship and it's a team sport at the end of the day one's world champion one's not and you know the difference of that of very it's just it's, it's massive. a tense it's just, situation yeah, isn't even, it you can't even put into words how big the difference is of that it's so different it's just so different from what I'm used to, you know. Yeah. What's something that I'm just really interested in, really appreciate. Who would be your favourite driver? If you, I like all time, all times. Yeah. I mean, I keep, I've watched Senna's footage back so many yeah. times. I've gone back to Monaco, and he's, he's like the onboard footage of him in Monaco driving with the uh, with the old gear stick and one one arm on the wheel, and that's pro- proper driving. If you, if it feels more skilled, doesn't it? I, I've, it feels it. Yeah, I think it's almost. You know the skill. I, I just think it's different skills now. You look at mm. what the drivers have got to do now. You see the steering wheel for starters, the amount of buttons on the steering. So it's it's a totally different skill set that you need to. Well, <laughs> that's me saying it. You know, I don't no, know that no. much, but looking no, at it, looking at it, I'm thinking yeah. it's, it's so computerised in terms of the driver, the things they've got to go through, and the different systems and all the sub menus within that. To, within that, that one system that they can change during the race and between corners it's just it's mind boggling I don't know I don't know how they can do it but back then it was yeah it was basically you know raw raw driving and I mean to see him driving around Monaco so close to the barriers like that with one hand on the wheel sensational really a few years ago I was at a promotional event and I stayed on to do some filming it was at the Catalan Grand Prix circuit yeah. and um I won't name the book manufacturer, but it was a book manufacturer. And 
year, the star pupils were Leo Messi and David Villa. When they thought everybody had gone away, they got in one of these Formula One shaped cars that's got a cockpit and a side cockpit. Right, yeah. And they were driven around the circuit. And they jaunted their way down there, <laughs> slid into it. And I saw them coming out. <laughs> they were ghosts, man. They were, oh, they were legs gone. They were holding each other up. Yeah. Scared the shit out of them. Yeah, they really yeah. did. Yeah. They scared the shit out of their employers if they'd seen them doing it as well. Just ahead of the World Cup. But yeah. once you finish your professional career, would, would you... Would you race? Would you get involved? Would you? No, I, I don't. I'd is love it good to. enough just to learn and watch? I'd love and to. I'd love to. I don't, I've done a track day before where you, um, I spent all, all day at the my, my my brother and my dad, yeah, just the three of us on the track in different cars and went round, went round the track, and that that was an experience. That so we done the single seaters like the old, it was like old yeah. Formula Ford type. Yeah, of I remember them all. So we've done that. So that was the old like centre like with the gears. Were gears you natural? How, how, how's your corning? What's no, your... no, I was alright. I was alright. I beat my dad and my brother, so that was my <laughs> that was my benchmark. Right? The but, family. Um, but yeah, that oh, was such a buzz. And then, uh, but I, I managed to um, put one into the barriers later on in the day. Like, but I just, 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 just felt like I just got pushing the barriers. You know what I mean? Finding <laughs> <laughs> the limit. Just went over the limit. But. Uh, uh. Yeah, it's, I'd, I'd just I'd love to do more of that go karting and stuff like that. I, I enjoy it. that's something that I really enjoy, but I don't think I'd be cut out to do it as uh, serious after that. Passes to make, goals to score, trophies to win, maybe even a, a European Championship and another Champions League before that day comes. Martin Neil, who are with me, would say I have never, ever drawn a halt to any conversation voluntarily that I'm enjoying, least of all one like this. But because we're responsible. It's probably time to say thank you and let you go. I don't want to. I've got a million more questions, but maybe it means that in a year or two you might let us uh, come back and, and, and do the, the part two of the big interview. We've enjoyed this as much as we enjoy watching you playing. I always say this. We only talk to people who we genuinely admire. Love watching you play football. We talked about our tactics, about embarrassing during the, the tape, but when I spoke to Pete Jensen last night at the camp now, about going to chat to you. He said, well, tell him. He said, tell him. He said, last time I spoke to Chavi, we challenged him. They and Sid Lowe were saying, like, oh, who really, you know, who are the midfield? And it took them two people, one of which was Scholes, to get to you. You were third yeah. on Chavi's list. I'll tell you what, that ain't bad. I'll tell you that, yeah. He's not bad, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Got him, Chavi. If Chavi's ever done, we'll send him that. Man, a privilege. Thanks very much for having me. Privilege, Michael. It. Fantastic. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.